Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company's podcast. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Greenbook. Through their blog, leading market research directory, and other publications, Greenbook connects marketers and insights professionals with people, information, and ideas that generate better business results. So whether you're looking for a focus group facility or just want to stay up to date with the ever-evolving insights industry, Greenbook is the resource for you. Check out all they have to offer at greenbook.org. We love it. We know you'll love it. You know, recently when I taught a LinkedIn training class, it was like a day event kind of thing. One of the comments I got from a uh, general manager of a of the Toyota dealership was, oh, a couple minutes before I walked into this room, I thought LinkedIn was only used for people who wanted to get jobs. Oh. <laughs> And so today, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, LinkedIn. And I know you've prepped some uh, really good questions for yeah. me to keep me on my toes yeah. <laughs> since I'm out there talking all the time about yeah. LinkedIn. And um, yeah, let's just establish that right now. Right. LinkedIn, once upon a time. Can we put some sound effects in there, sure. maybe in the Wayback Machine or something? It was kind of a resume site. Sure, and yeah. that myth still persists a little bit, right. you know, but for the most part, people know that you know, LinkedIn is a professional, you know, social channel. Right. And uh, and especially for anyone selling B2B, you absolutely have to be on LinkedIn, whether it's um, whether you're selling or you're actually establishing yourself as a thought leader in the industry. LinkedIn absolutely is a valuable resource in the marketing toolbox. And so this goes for companies and people. So we'll kind of take it a little bit from both sides today. Does yeah. that sound pretty good? That sounds great. And you are our LinkedIn master. I know, I know I, but you get you get that for Instagram because okay. you are like there's everybody kind of has their thing. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Khalif gets to be the yeah. He's you know he he has uh, Google AdWords right. you know completely uh-huh. buttoned down. So we think about all different kinds of things that feed into the social experience. I mean, yeah. so yeah. But LinkedIn is so interesting because it is that social platform that. I don't feel like gets enough credits. Everyone's always talking about how Facebook's changing or how, you know, what's what's the latest feature with Instagram, but LinkedIn really has done a lot of work even in the past 6 months to a year to try to stay current yeah. and serve its users and and become just beneficial in more ways than just a platform to find jobs. Right. There are things about LinkedIn that still drive me crazy, but sure. about I think it was about 18 months ago. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure 18 months ago. Oh, my goodness. LinkedIn went through so many changes, so yeah. much that even all the training modules that I do had to radically change. Yeah. We had to go back and redo even some of our guides, which this is a great time to plug a free guide. If you are listening and you're thinking, gosh, I need some more step-by-step kinds of things, we do have a free guide out there. It's really short and sweet, and it gets crazy ton of downloads, but it's uh, Priscilla's top five tips for LinkedIn success. Yeah. We try and keep that current, and uh, you know, it's just a quick, easy, actionable mm-hmm. thing that you can do to yeah, improve really your great. place. Yeah, we'll link LinkedIn. that in the show notes too so that we can just click and download. Um, okay, great. So we're going to start off with just some really basic okay. questions and, and jump into why, you know, why LinkedIn is valuable, what social selling is, all those types of things before we get into our our five tips for today for LinkedIn. Okay, okay so for just, just starting out, 
why, like, what is social selling? Because when you, when we talk about LinkedIn, that that buzz phrase, mm-hmm. social selling, comes up a lot. Right. And uh, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, it's come up a little bit more. I'm going to yeah. give a great shout out yeah. right now to, you know, friends that we love. Um, Tim Hughes and also Adam Gray uh, out in the UK. We're working on a really great partnership with them for this year. But I want to give the credit where the credit's due because I really found them because of the expertise I have. And boy, we just had a little love fest. But uh, Tim Hughes wrote the book Social Selling, Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I think that book is so great. Um, um, And then Adam Gray wrote Brilliant Social Media, How to Start, Refine, and Improve Your Social Media Business Strategy. But I've got to say what these two guys have in common is that they completely understand uh, the actual process that's needed and the mindset shift that's needed mm. in order to get people to use LinkedIn. And 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 it's not just LinkedIn. Today, we're going to talk about LinkedIn, but they talk about all channels um, in order to uh, hone in on, uh, you know, harnessing the power of social channels for business, for mm. business purposes. And one little caveat I'll say, one little extra shout out I'll give for Tim Hughes' book is that he brings up the subject of change makers, which is really near and dear to my heart, is that people misunderstand that when you're connecting on LinkedIn, you're not necessarily always needing to connect with the the decision maker. Hmm. Sometimes you need to connect with the change maker. So think about it this way. Ashley's sitting here with me in the studio, and she may not make the final decision here at Little Bird about things, but constantly she is tasked with, hey, Ashley, find out about XYZ Hmm. and then make me a recommendation. Sure. Because I'm not going to get in the weeds with what we're going to choose for the next, you know, we need this, you know, uh, $10,000 software system. Well, I'm going to make the decision in the end, but I'm going to do that by having, you know, uh, released you out into the wild to say, find out what you think we should do because I respect your opinion. I know that you have my best interest, you know, in mind. And you then are given that time. That's the you're given the resources to go mm-hmm. out and say, okay, let me make the best recommendation. So connecting, if you want to sell something to Priscilla, you may not want to reach Priscilla because Priscilla's going to be like, I'm so busy, I'm on a plane, yeah. whatever. You know? yeah. And not that I'm going to like just voice someone off, but that's not my role here. Sure. And so if something comes up and surfaces, emerges as an issue that we need to deal with, I'm more likely to hand it off to a change maker mm. here at Little Bird and say, hey, go find out what you. I'm, Colton just presented me with something. Yeah. And I'm like, well, is this, you know, is, can you go find, you know, two other options? And sure. let me know what you think at the end of it. And, it, you know, here, people send me emails all the time. Here's the problem we had, which everybody knows here. Don't give me a problem. Give me a solution. Mm. And so, and Priscilla, the next statements are, and here are the three solutions, blah, blah, blah. I think I like this one better. Yeah. And I take those recommendations to heart, and I almost always choose them. Yeah. I might come back with a question or two. But social selling and where we're going to kind of go in this discussion, it is interesting to not only know what it is you're going to do and how you're going to do it and the mindset that you need, but also who is your audience. Mm. And, of course, that always comes back to what we talk about yeah. with personas. Fire Understand personas. your audience. And so yeah. a lot of people come to me because they're very frustrated and saying, what I'm doing on LinkedIn is not working. And then a lot of times I find, well, they may be doing really the right things. They're not doing the right things to the the right right people. people.
Gosh, that's key. Boom, truth bomb. Gosh, that's key. And I feel I feel like I feel that pressure more with LinkedIn too because you get a different set of demographics there than right. you do on Facebook or Instagram. So you really do have to be targeting the right people because right. every um, – Every different position is using LinkedIn a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So just in the same way that your email inbox is probably a little crazier than mine, (laughs) your LinkedIn inbox is also crazier than mine. So when it comes to who who you're touching base with, who you're connecting with, yeah, make those connections. But Mm -hmm. who you're messaging and trying to, like, even set meetings with, you need to think about – like who's going to be worth your time or to work your way into an organization or work your way into a business mm-hmm. who who do you need to have that meeting with first or who who do you need to get on your good side right, first right, and right. then work your way up yeah and also i think there's another thing underneath underneath there's like who can you really provide value to yeah you know because some people they they might be able to choose almost any you know a digital agency mm. but who could i really provide value to so that i could speak with my whole heart about sure. it, like yeah, really from good. that confidence, you know, that, that I feel like, yeah, the prospect may be ready to buy and that's all well and good. Mm-hmm. And or I might be talking to the change maker who knows how to find the right stuff. But in my whole heart, am I do I know that I really could provide a value here? And sometimes that's a little bit lacking. I think right. people kind of just going through the numbers, you know. Um, or no, what do we say? Going through the motions. Yeah. I hate it when people mix metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going through the motions. And I think that people sense that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I get that. So this is kind of rolling off of what we were just talking about. But why why is LinkedIn such a good platform for social selling in comparison to the other ones out there? Like why LinkedIn? Right. Well, I mean, I, I know these stats because I teach it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'll just tell you a few things. <laughs> but, um, you know, 40% of the active users um, actually use LinkedIn daily. And so, you know, when you are thinking about like, well, what's that pool? Well, uh, you know, it's over a hundred million professionals. Wow. I know. And then, you know, you now in some ways it's like that feels really big, but in then some ways it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's so many more people on the planet, you know. Yeah. But people who are actively engaged mm-hmm. for business purposes, right. that's a very huge number. Um, and actually the one that I really, reason why I focus so much more on LinkedIn is because 80% of B2B leads come from LinkedIn and only 13% comes from Twitter and only 7% from Facebook. I know, I know this is crazy. And this is why you think about like who I am and what I do and the expertise. Why do I, am I constantly on LinkedIn? Now, you know that I'm really good at Twitter and I happen to pick that as a personal thing because I'm in a particular industry, the market research industry quite a bit that actually has a little bit more representation on Twitter. Yeah. And when you find that there are certain thought leaders in an industry or in a niche that you serve mm. and serve well, and if they are doing something different than, than than the stats, you know, kind of lend to, then you should do something different, too. So I'm not saying that, you know, everybody should just go completely, you know, LinkedIn only, but I I do know the numbers don't lie. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> and those, I mean, those percentages, what you said, 80% for LinkedIn for leads, and then it was... 13%? Yeah, only 13 and 7% on Facebook, which That's, everybody ma- – right. it makes sense. The right. Facebook thing makes sense because people are there to look at, you know, each other's kids, sure. you know, uh, getting the next karate people. award. Yeah. The only <laughs> you know? type of business deals that are happening on Facebook are the ones I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> 
You know what's Sorry, funny? I, I, I hesitate to say this out loud, but um, you know that I closed my Facebook account yeah. last year, which was a big deal, especially right. for me having grown up in so many different countries and trying to keep track yeah. of, you know, people and family and stuff. But there was just trauma drama. I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And so it was a big sacrifice mm-hmm. and I did it. But I mean, I say that here to also make people mindful you also kind of have to know what's happening socially, you know. Yeah. And now, so if someone's thinking, oh, I want Little Bird to buy my product, well, you can't find me on social. Yeah. You can't find me. I'm sorry. You can't find me on on uh, on Facebook. Facebook, yeah. And you know what I did buy a lot of on Facebook, though? Oh. I bought a lot of shoes. I bought oh. my, my best Nordstrom boots. I bought, you know, I bought a lot of stuff on sure. Facebook. I'll, I'll admit. Yeah. Um, and I was a part of a lot of those okay. transactions. <laughs> so, um, but to me, it's like, oh, beta brand pants. I mean, I, and they knew me. Oh, my gosh. They're like, you know, I mean, talk about like affluent professional who loves to buy clothes and shoes. <laughs> Our ideal target. Yeah, Here she is. Totally. Oh, yeah. and jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> so they pretty funny. much had my number. But yeah, um, yeah the, I think the biggest thing for me, and I think one of the things that people miss, is that it's not just the number of people that are on there, but over 60 million of LinkedIn users are actually senior level influencers. And uh, over 40 million on there are actual decision makers. Okay. And so even though, you know, we could talk about numbers all we want and and this kind of stuff, but, you know, if you really want to get to the people, this is, you know, if these are your people, this is super important. I'm going to say one other thing that only you heard it here on Ponderings from the Perch, but please don't repeat it. (laughs) (laughs) And that is that I answer all of my own LinkedIn None of you ever, you know, check my LinkedIn or do that is my own personal interactions. Right. But, you know, just, you know, pulling the curtain back. How does the magic happen here? I don't post to our Instagram. Right. I actually don't know what's on there. (laughs) Sorry. I know you work really hard. I get so much good feedback. I trust you. Um, I don't know what's on there. Now, tweeting when I'm out at um, on locations, you know, and I'm doing events, conferences, and I do do, um, follow certain threads that I, I do some monitoring. But I set up the monitoring so that Kaylee can do it. Right. And she alerts me when I need to. So that one was out of my hands. You know, our Facebook is out of my hands. Our Twitter is out of our hands. All those things are are not going through me. Sure. But you see this over and over again that even very, very high up in companies, Mm -hmm. that personal owner is still the actual person responding on Mm -hmm. LinkedIn. So it's the last social channel standing where – the person whose face is on the front is actually responding. Yeah. Gosh, that's That's, good. That's deep. When people really understand that, then they start understanding why I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so this is this is kind of a fun one. <laughs> mm-hmm. What what's the biggest mistake you see people make mm-hmm. on LinkedIn? Okay, I know this one hands down. I I really think the lack of authenticity mm-hmm. just reeks <laughs> on LinkedIn. I yeah. you can smell it a mile away. It's like you know, I hate to give used car salespeople bad rap because I yeah. just had a very good experience this last weekend <laughs> buying my daughter a car. Um, but that's because I know them. And right. I know, you know, and I've told them exactly how I want sure. you know, things to go down. Right. But, so I, I hate to throw that that industry under the bus. Um, but people don't like to be sold, right? right? And yet then we walk in as marketers and then we start writing copy to sell people. And that's right. never going to work. And that, right. I know we, we live, eat, breathe, sleep that here. But I don't think people translate that sometimes into their own personal business interactions when we lack authenticity, 
you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's trendy and we should be authentic. And that's like a really cool thing to talk about. But honestly, if you're not being authentic, to me, there is an underlying issue of integrity. And so I don't tend to trust people who, you know, are interacting, say, for example, at a trade show Mm. in a very different way that they act than when they're contacting me on LinkedIn. Mm. And, you know, I I don't like, you know, if, if someone is not helpful like when I meet up with them somewhere in a trade show, but yet then they write to me like, oh, yeah, I could help you with this. I could help you with that. I'm like, this Can really you? sounds yeah. more like you're helping yourself sure, with yeah. getting me to do something. Makes total sense. So this incongruity is really a problem um, for me. And I, I'm going to go kind of elliptical, maybe a little yeah. deeper here for just a moment. I'll but allow. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, one of my favorite quotes um, uh, is from Stephen Covey, and he says, uh, you can't talk your way out of a problem that you behaved yourself mm. into. And I think that if you, when you interact with people, when you connect with people and you act a certain way, um, you're not going to be able to talk your your way out of that by then connecting with me later on in LinkedIn in a very different way. And so, okay, now people kind of scratching their head going, what exactly does that mean? This only makes sense in the context of my my um, first rule about um, my second rule about LinkedIn. My first one is be authentic and mm-hmm. integrous. The second one is when you do something offline, try and do it online. And when you do something online, try and take it offline. So, for example, okay. you and I, you know, we work together, so we're offline all the time, sure. right? But I try and go on. I try and make an effort to go online and do things with you because, right. you know, I'm I'm a boss. Let's say you don't work here forever, but please don't leave. Okay, please <laughs> don't. <laughs> Ever going here. She's not available, people. <laughs> Don't even call her. <laughs> but let's just say, you know, over, you know, say we work together over the next five years. Mm-hmm. You know, I should be giving you the gift of, as a boss, constantly liking your stuff and connecting with you right. online and giving you the gravitas that you deserve, you know, yeah, uh, with our online relationship, even though we're constantly offline. But people don't know that. Right. So I think about it there. Well, if I met someone online, I also, yeah, I made them online, but, you know, I do travel a lot. So that does mm-hmm. give me a little bit easier of a, a ability to do it. But I try and make sure if I met them online, how could I meet them offline? Yeah. It's not always possible. Sure. But it should be always in our mind. So, like, you know, when I'm going to go speak um, at a, you know, in a new, right. uh, you know, in a town, I, seriously, this is what I do. People ask, like, what, like it's a mystery what I do and why I'm so good at connecting with people. Before I leave for Chicago, before I leave for Austin, before I leave, I go and I look at my own connections on LinkedIn. That's so good. And I look through the list, the, fa- the little faces. I just filter it on LinkedIn and see, well, who lives in Austin? Right. Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot that, you know, this guy that I met, you know, over in Bangkok lives and I totally forgot that. Oh, my gosh, let's get lunch or let's just it's 15 minutes for a drink. Let's he's going to be at that same show or I'm going to, you know, just you make these efforts that are tiny, tiny, tiny. And if we look at the huge, big successes, the biggest contracts we've made Mm -hmm. here at Little Bird Marketing, I can pinpoint them back. I can go contact and bring it back to the tiniest little thing yeah. I did to connect yeah. with somebody. a 15-minute conversation. Oh, that my gosh. Went to a lunch that then went to a deeper conversation about a contract, and the rest is history. You know, it's so funny because, actually, we're talking about LinkedIn, and we talked. We already gave a shout-out to Tim Hughes and Adam Gray. And like I said, we're going to be entering into a big partnership with them this year. But that also is so funny because they are experts on social selling, mm-hmm. but I social sold, sold myself to them. That's I met amazing. them through. I, I, I just want to tell the story because I think people, you know, I, because you need to understand just how 
how it works yeah. on the back end. It's not this crazy mystery. So I was leaving for London, and I wrote to some of my friends and, like, very close people who know me, who know my style, who know. Sure. They, not, not, not clients. They weren't clients. It was someone I knew at Accenture, someone I knew at Amazon, someone I knew at Head of Twitter, someone I knew at um, – just, I, you know, I went through a list of right. people like that. And just people who would have really good contacts. Yeah. And I wrote to them. I said, hey, I'm going to be in London. I'm already going to be there. I'm going to be speaking. Um, but I've got to eat. So would you introduce me to someone who you know very well um, who would like me? Hmm. Like who would get me and I could, you know, the, the professional person and um, – and I said, I told them a couple things. Number one, I promise I will not sell them anything. I'm not looking for a new client. Sure. I will not sell them anything. Number two, I promise I will not take more than an hour of their time. Mm. And number three, I promise I will buy them an exceptional meal. Mm. And How I, can you say no? I know, I know. But that was the week. I mean, I... I came back, oh, my God, I'm like 10 pounds heavier from that trip. Oh, yeah. But I ate at the Savoy, at the Goring, at Burner's Tavern. Oh, at, I mean, it just went on and on. Yeah. And actually, I took Tim, Tim and Adam out to the Savoy, and they were like, oh, we've never even eaten here. I'm like, you live yeah. in London. <laughs> <laughs> you crazies. Um, and we just talked and hit it off, wow. and it was just so – it was really fun. And I made friends. Well, I didn't know that, you know, 18 months, two years later, we'd be like – you know, let's meet again. We've got a new proposition, and you're just the person for it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. You know, but that stuff happens to me all the time. Yeah. I met Danusha, um, and it just I, I think about so many people that That's are so on, you know, been on my podcast and now right. are a, a fabric of my professional life. Sure. It's because, seriously, at the beginning, I tried to take offline, online, and I was authentic, and I I. I went out being helpful. I'm a right. helpful person. Yeah. But I went out being helpful, and I stuck with being helpful. I didn't bait and switch it. I didn't sure. go to those meetings and then right. be like, oh, well, do you think you could use Little Bird Marketing? I no. never did. Yeah. And so that's the authenticity that's at the bottom of making, you know, LinkedIn Gosh, work for really you. That's really good. I, I know I'm here to sell. I'm not being dishonest. I, I do have right. a profitable business. Right. But I'm not here to sell them. Right. The yeah. the right it's like trusting that if you're authentic and if you're uh, and if you're integrous, the right people will come to you. But that doesn't you know that's not like oh so do nothing. It means go do all the things. Right. Go be helpful. Make the right connections. And then they come. Yeah, because just because they aren't your clients doesn't mean that they don't trust you. And mm-hmm. then when they bump into someone that needs services, that they're able to connect them to you. And the list goes on and on and on. Right. And right. Well, I've been super helpful to, it just brings to mind at the last couple of quirks, I've been super helpful to this one gal that I met um, in MR. And she's not a, a you know, potential client for me. No joke. She's already referred three companies to us. Oh, I never goodness. asked her to. Yeah. You know, but you, you know, you just are, you, you just genuine with someone. She sees that I'm helpful. You yeah. know, I went to her sessions. She came to my sessions. I put her on my podcast. I just, you know, you just do the things that you can do to help someone. Right. If you can do it, then do it. Yeah. And then, you know, I guess maybe we're talking about a karma cycle. But sure. Here. But it's, you know, it's so much deeper well, than that. Well, it's like the work you put into something is what you're going to sew back. And uh, if you sure. put in authentic behavior mm-hmm. and you are just being yourself and you're being helpful, it's it's hard to not believe that you're not going to get those things right, in return. Right. But I think that some people feel like that's too soft of a something. So when then they sit down in front of the LinkedIn, and I try and understand why people don't do it. I think they sit down and then they go, oh, that's not professional. Yes, it is. Yeah. Being a human 
who is being helpful right. um, is actually yeah. still very professional. And I think that's <laughs> what you need to remember is when you're whether you're sending a message on LinkedIn or connecting and putting a note in there, mm-hmm. writing a recommendation, whatever it is. There are humans on the other side of that screen, yeah. so talk to them oh, like they're humans. They're humans. Doug Sandler. I met him through um, chatting with him on Twitter. Really? We met on Twitter. That's amazing. And, you know, we're like, and I said to him, yeah. I'm like, hey, how can we take this offline? How can we figure it out? Oh, let's be on each other's podcasts. Perfect. You yeah. know, just, I mean, that's the way it is. And now he's a great friend. And if someone needs podcast help or consulting, I'd totally refer it yeah. to him. That's so you know, great. he's a gym and he, you know, he leads with being nice. His whole thing is on nice yeah, guys nice. on selling, yeah. nice guy, you know. Uh, so it, 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 that's, it's making those kinds of connections where you find your genuine people. Yeah, that's good. Let's take a break and hear about this episode's sponsor, If you're looking to be inspired, challenged, and connected, I have the perfect event for you. Hosted in Austin, Texas, IIEX North America is the place you need to be from April 23rd to 25th. Presented by Greenbook, IIEX North America is the leading conference in the market research and insights industry. These three days of action are filled with over a thousand attendees, over 250 speakers, and over 200 sessions for a combination kick in the pants, turbocharged networking, and intensive education. And I'll be speaking at IIEX North America. IIEX is packed with fresh ideas. From the new speaker track to meet the startups and insight innovation competition, this is the place to see the latest technologies and disruptive methods emerging in the world of insights. Attendees will be in great company with thought leaders from Procter & Gamble, Lowe's, Merck, and Coca-Cola. So register now for IIEX North America and save 20% with the promo code LITTLEBIRD at IIEX-NA.insightinnovation.org or simply click the link in our show notes. Be there to find out what's new and next in the realm of consumer insights. Okay, so we do have a couple of tips for you. Um, we're going to kind of get to, like, the meat here. We'll, we'll run through them kind of quickly because we do have that really awesome freemium that you should download and check out that's going to go into things a little bit more in depth. But these are just – these are everything from tips or just even mindset shifts mm-hmm. um, when you're looking at, at, at the platform, um, things that are really going to maximize your time and your efforts here on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Okay, you start. We'll okay. run through the list. Okay, cool. I'm going to kick us off. My, I, I love this one. I actually, I think I just recently shared an article about this, about LinkedIn is not Facebook. And we, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's an echo at this point because we literally were just talking about it. But LinkedIn is a platform that, yes, you need to be professional. Be yourself. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. like, don't be your fun, you know, kind of, like, quirky self. But it's not a platform that should be all memes and funny <laughs> things. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I will brag on Priscilla for, for just a second. And if you haven't been on her LinkedIn or connected with her, do that, and you'll see what I'm talking about. She does a great job at posting content and in a way that is very Priscilla. You, know, <laughs> you can totally see her personality in it and it's still fun it's still her but it also is like oh yeah she can get shit done (laughs) like oh she's really good at her job there's a really good balance there and so it's finding that balance um of being you Mm -hmm. but also 
being professional and promoting your business. Well, I think that's how you prove that you're a professional without actually bragging. You're saying, look, just do it. You know, and that kind of goes back to the Covey thing about like the difference between talking about it or behaving. It's like, and you know, don't, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. You know? Uh, it, it just if you can do it, then then show me that. Yeah, I do like the very last line though on my um, that's on my profile right now. It says, um, uh, "Don't give don't, don't give Priscilla caffeine. caffeine. She, she doesn't, doesn't need, need it." it. <laughs> yeah, true. So, but then when people read that, they go, "Oh, that is like meeting yeah. her." You know, I mean, think right. about these podcasts. We I was just listening to uh, one of our other podcasts together, the one about the London quirks oh, on yeah, my yeah. way in today, and I'm like, "Oh my god, we talk so fast," but this is who we are. Right. So then when I show up at a trade. Show, I, I need to show up as this person. The same energy. Right. Yeah. And so when I'm commenting something on, like just re- recently, Ray Pointer, who's very, very good at starting controversy mm. online, I love I love his little tip. Maybe that's that's a sixth bonus tip in yeah. here. Um, uh, since we're going to, are, are we going to give five or what are we doing? Yeah, are we, yeah, we we're going to give five. Okay. So this could be the sixth Number one. Six. Is this like, just stir the pot. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Ray Pointer does. And he'll, he, he really, I, I love doing this with other people. If I want someone else's opinion, I'll tag them yeah. in the comment or something. Sure. And it gets conversation going. Going. But to that idea of keeping it professional, professional, but let your personality come up, I think that's one way you can let your personality mm. come up is how you comment that's also. Good. Um, and it is more engaging. And even like, for example, Ray Pointer uh, recently commented and said something he hated seeing, you know, all caps on billboard stuff. And it's like, come on, marketing people. You know, why is this happening? Stop the madness or that's whatever. I can't even remember exactly. But it was funny. And I mean, the comments were crazy. And I actually pulled in my friends over at Keena's Mustard over in the UK. I'm like, yeah, what do you guys think? What's going on over there? You know, that's so good. And it just, it really made it, you know, we're really just more talking with each other. And I know people at the end go, oh, it's a waste of time. It's a social media black hole. You know, we're not selling something. Yes, yes, you are. And no, you aren't. It's like, why can't you just be human? Yeah. You know, you know, these things weigh out in the end and I don't want to show up being different, but I do want to provide something interesting and different. And I want people to know my perspective, but I, everything that I write does not need to be about how it comes back and makes money for yeah. our company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing, I'm going to give the number two, which we came up with, which is update often. And really, nothing can be more off-putting than someone trying to actually track you down on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I I tell people this all the time. If you're on it, then you better be answering, um, you know, what it is. And also, I want to go there, and it better be an um, updated profile. Like, please don't have your last. Last picture from, like, the 80s with, like, your mullet. Well, I do. Okay. (laughs) Not your mullet. Yeah, not my mullet. (laughs) Oh, I hate to tell you that I had one. I'm going to go find a photo. I need to see that picture. Okay. okay. Yes, I had one. It's like fit circa fifth grade. Oh, oh my God. Okay, yes, I'll find please. it for you. So it's so painful. Um, but see, again, just humanizes me so much more, right? But um, the outdated profile is actually a, a, a problem. You know, company headshot. Um, and I've got to say, if you ever in one of my trainings, I have the best, like, um, like interlude where I I open up my gallery of funny, uh, inappropriate photos oh. from, and I don't mean inappropriate like gross. I yeah. mean like seriously, like unprofessional. Sure. And, but they will make you laugh. Like oh, who no. thought this was a good idea? So over the years, I've collected these. They're like little gems, you know. People collect, you know, yeah. you know, m- bottle tops or something. Seashells. No <laughs> seashells. <laughs> no, I collect inappropriately non-professional but make me laugh photos that people thought were a good idea for oh, their LinkedIn profile. Goodness, that's a good collection. <laughs> it is. Case. It is. I feel like it's one of my 
little, you know, everybody's got to laugh in LinkedIn training because, I mean, come on, yeah. we got to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so update your profile, maybe even today. That's something you could go check and yeah. see. Does this really resonate? If someone met me in person, does this, would they get the same feel yeah. from it? And I tell people all the time, please put something, you know, um, something memorable, something that's a little bit quirky about you. Think about what other people um, say that you do well. Like I was talking with Erin O'Donnell. She's an amazing, amazing VP over at Fieldwork. And she absolutely loves to make lists and get things done, like mm-hmm. not let things fall through the cracks yeah. for clients. She is golden at that, right? That's awesome. So I had asked her, I'm like, well, what do all your your coworkers say about you all the time? Like, what's your superhero, you know, yeah. uh, gift, you know? And she's like, oh, that's it. And I'm like, that needs to be on your profile. That's because really good. Because the truth is, is that that is absolutely authentic. Right. And so when people, you know, meet her and experience her, it is going to completely resonate with her with that summary Gosh. of her profile. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing I I want to give a tip on are endorsements and recommendations. Mm-hmm. I, either people are really focused on them or they kind of get or ignored. None. <laughs> it's like you're either too pushy about it or it doesn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. And really, I feel like those that's like the bread and butter of your mm-hmm. LinkedIn profile. Right. Like have everything updated, yes, but kind of what you were going off of, what people say about you is it's important. Yeah. Um, and one tip. I just want to say here is I just want to challenge people for every endorsement or recommendation that you get, give one. Yeah. I you know. have to you have to give to get. Like right. you can't you can't be greedy here. Right. You have to be right. able to to recommend the people that you love, that you trust, mm-hmm. um, if you're expecting them to do the same for you. I actually look at that. I will be honest. I go look at someone's uh, profile and I see how many recommendations they've given. They may be glowing, hmm. but I look, you can see how many they've given. Yeah, you can. And I always find that really interesting. So, you know, I'm not saying that tells the whole story and maybe someone just overlooked it. But I'm I'm looking to partner with people who see things, you know, as a two-way street. Right. Um, and I will say one other thing about that. When you ask for the recommendations, which are the longer actually written recommendations, sure. two, two tips about that. Number one, you might want to kind of pre-write it for someone because we're all totally busy. Like I, I write to people and I just say, hey, Kim, you know, out here in LinkedIn world, recommendations, you know, are like a bar of gold. Hmm. (laughs) So having said that, would you give me a bar of gold? And I was thinking it could read something like Like this, this. you know, and maybe maybe I could say it reads something like this or, hey, I would like for you to talk about what you thought about my last speech at your event. Hmm, And then they go, oh, okay. Otherwise, they feel so much pressure to look at a blank screen and be like, Priscilla is amazing. And, you know, and they feel so much pressure. Or you end up with a really vague yes. recommendation yes. that is that like that. Is Priscilla horrible. is amazing. She is good at marketing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this does nothing for it me. It doesn't. And so if, if if I can just tell them that's all I need you to talk about, you know, then the next person I ask for a recommendation, could you talk about my, you know, about how my team really, you know, manages details? Mm, could you talk about that? That's good. And then the next person I say, hey, could you talk about how I connect dots that, you know, your company just did not, yeah. was not able to connect, like just like, a you know, this nuance art of, of uh, marketing. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's because I, I can sense. I know what our experience has been. Right. So do everybody a favor when you ask for a recommendation and give them a heads up about hmm. what you want to talk. Uh, okay. Then here's my second thing about that is okay. why wouldn't you give someone a recommendation? It puts your face on the front of their page. Right. Talk about real estate. Yeah. Free advertisement. Why, free advertisement. why yeah. wouldn't I want to, you know, 
talk, you know, truthfully but glowingly about that. I wouldn't never give a recommendation to someone that I didn't truly believe. But why wouldn't I want my face on on the front of their page? And, like, you'll see anybody who's been on my podcast, I go out and give them a recommendation mm-hmm. and say thank you and how, what a great guest they were. I, yeah. And I give something specific. What did they do that gave my audience sure. something what that was – What did they bring? What yeah. did they bring? And so I get specific about it. But why mm-hmm. wouldn't I want to put my face on the front of their page? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, okay, number four. So introductions, that's one thing that people ask for, you know, in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Introductions should be meaningful. So when you request to connect with someone, you actually are asked how you know the person. (laughs) Um, And you get a chance to include the optional note. And I got to say, you got to use that note. I know there's there's two ways to connect with people. And you can just click the face that as it comes up, you should mm-hmm. you should connect with so and so. I right. never connect that way. No. I always do the one where it's I hit their their face first, you get on their profile and then right. you say, I wanna connect because you get that opportunity to write that little note. Yeah. Yeah. Write the note. Use it's it. Two sentences. Use it. Yeah. You know, tell them why. You tell them that you want to connect meaningfully, that you want to see if right. there's a connect right. here. Some Whatever it is. Right. Make you it can't, short. You can't assume that every person is going to want to connect with you. No. And even if I met them real quick at, you know, at Quirks, I might say, yeah, hey, we met at Quirks. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, oh, yeah, that's that girl. Right. You know, so just right. be helpful. Just, you know, people are busy. Yeah. And, and, and but I think it yeah. goes a long way. Because it, it, it is after big conferences or events mm-hmm. that a lot of connections happen. So you have to think... Okay, you're requesting to connect with this p- mm-hmm. this person, but there might be a hundred <laughs> people that are doing the same. The other thing is that people don't realize that that is what we call being kind to your future self. Mm. Because when you write that little note, it actually stays in your messages. I don't know if you knew this, uh, but yeah. then when they write me back like three months later, sure. <laughs> I'm like, I can see the message I sent yeah. saying that I met them at Quirks. I'm like, oh. yeah. So <laughs> you you're know? reminding them, but you're also reminding yourself. Right. So because, like I said, that sometimes... LinkedIn drives me crazy. This is one of the things I hate mm-hmm. about LinkedIn. They do have a tag option uh-huh. um, to be able to go tag. Like, I can create a certain tag, like, mm-hmm. and I get to create my own, like, Quirks 2019 sure. or, you know, Green Book event, you know, right. whatever. Um, so I can create all of those. And I used to do that way back in the day, but mm-hmm. it is actually far too cumbersome. And LinkedIn has not made that an easy service. Mm-hmm. And so the tagging is just too cumbersome. Yeah. And so that you have to kind of come up with other ways where you can remember how you met someone. Okay. That's good. Okay, our last thing here that we want to talk about is publishing content. So you obviously want to stay active on LinkedIn. You want to post, you want to comment, but a lot of people actually don't write LinkedIn articles. And I was was just like doing some research about it this morning because I thought it was interesting because I had seen a stat saying that like, only 40% of people actually, like, write LinkedIn articles. And, um, Gosh, it that was, even seems high to yeah. me. But in, in 2014 is when it changed. It used to be, like, only the elite, you uh-huh. know, only certain memberships basically could write articles. Mm-hmm. Then everything changed. And I, I just, I don't know if it's people don't know or what, mm-hmm. but... Articles really can help you. I mean, it's like a mini blog. Yeah. You get to put images in there. You get to put links. It's like, why would again, you? It's real why estate. would you not be? Why would you not be using these? Right. Things? It's digital real estate again. And this is why you would say, why don't people do it? And I, I'll tell you. You know, you 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 live in the bubble that is the systems sure. world of, of right. little bird marketing, but. People, that's so much pressure on people, and we believe in putting pressure on systems. And inherent in our system, when we blog for a client, one of the micro actions 
is to now publish some form of that blog rehashed or something on sure. their LinkedIn right. profile. And so we have that as a course of doing business. Right. We don't, and we also don't publish it at the same time. So right. we don't want to do redundancy. Sure. We also don't just copy and paste it and put right. it over there. I, I've gone back and forth. There's different schools of thought about whether you should just write directly on LinkedIn and let people stay on LinkedIn and read sure. the whole thing, or whether you should say, this is what we're going to be talking about. Click here and bring them back to your website. Right. I think that you know, the important thing is that your first point, which is that you need to post regularly and you right. need to write articles. You need to use those things and do it with some kind of consistency. How you do that, I think, can be hmm. switched up and changed up and say sometimes we do a recap of our podcast. Yeah. We might just put the points and then say, listen here. Yeah, click here to listen. And, 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 and so we can use that article portion differently you know, over the course of years. And and we can then see which ones work best and not. So I don't think there's a hard answer about how exactly you have to use that article feature on LinkedIn, but I think you need to use it. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I mean, I just told you guys that I was doing some research on this, but I will just say this stat that I found because it is interesting that 45% of people that read LinkedIn articles are in upper level positions. So we're talking managers, VPs, directors, the C-suite level um, in companies. So that's half. That's, that's yeah, that's a lot. And here's the other stat, which this is surprising. Uh, it was years ago, actually. I wrote a, an article, a blog article, from interesting stats I got about mm -hmm. the, the infamous question everybody asked me, how long should my blog article be? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and I, my joke has always been, write until it's boring. Yeah. Right? So that's if good. that's short, if that's two sentences, that's all you can manage without being boring, then that's how long your blog article is, if yeah. it's four pages. But it was very surprising in there. Um, and I'll have, we'll go grab that old, old blog. I'm sure the, the stats need to be updated. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, it, it's about really the surprising number that longer blogs were getting better traction. Yeah. And it was counterintuitive because everybody kept saying, people don't read anymore. Yeah. And I always tell people, no, people don't read crap anymore. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people now have no tolerance for sure. babble. And so you have to really be quality on your content. Right. But what's interesting is that this also follows on LinkedIn is that currently long form content actually gets the most shares on hmm. LinkedIn right now. Yeah, that and is so, interesting. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. You're talking about like 1,900-word articles. That's the, the magic number that got the most amount of shares. So if you can aim somewhere between 1,700 to a little over 2,000, I think you really be in good shape and give your content a boost. Yeah. Now, of course, we always tell people, know your own stats. Sure. But start with this because it's a good indicator. Yeah. Does this work? Will this work for you? And then, right. you know, and then test around it. Write a super right. short one, write a long one, and right. then look at how things work for your right. your profile. Yeah. And that's good because if you're, say you're aiming for 1,700 words, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's nothing. Because if you're not used to writing long format content, it can feel like a lot. But what that's going to do is it's going to set your standards for writing really good content right. because you're only going to be able to write about things that you care about mm -hmm. um, to pump out things that matter. So I think it's going to help your content be more focused on mm -hmm. your specialty um, because you'll be able to actually write that 1,700 to 2,000 words right, if, right. if you know about it. If right. you don't know about it, then it obviously would be a lot harder right. and you're not going to hit that word count. And I think that's going to be, you know, that's going to help you determine should I be writing about this or not. It comes back to that mindset of, can I really help right now? Yeah. Yeah. Do I really have something to offer? If you have something to say and you really have, either whether it's opinion or whether it's just breaking down a more complex 
uh, concept and saying, well, here are the five things. Like what we just did with LinkedIn. Yeah. We just gave five tips. We talked about it. Yeah. And, you know, we shot the breeze for a while. Just our own our own interactions, our own experience, our own expertise on LinkedIn right. and other social channels and how, you know, the big picture of it. But literally what we just did, that's a great LinkedIn article. Here's some thoughts on it. Here's what social selling is. Yeah. Here's some thoughts on it, how we interact with it. And then here's five tips you can do mm. and why we believe that these five tips are so important. Yeah. That's just a great, you know, we have a lot of expertise to offer in that. That's a great article. And it's not complicated. We just no. drew directly from our expertise. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. You heard it here on Ponderings from the Perch. Yeah. So we could obviously talk forever on LinkedIn uh, yeah. and social selling. So we'll stop it here now. And if you have questions, send them in because we can create a really great podcast yeah, answering specific questions about LinkedIn and social selling. And even I love Twitter and we haven't done one on Twitter Ooh. yet. So I think we should probably like uh, go that. a little deeper there. But from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.